ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of In Your Head with Shannon Stanford. I am the aforementioned Shannon Stanford, your humble yet very handsome and charming host. So this episode is brought to you by, well, me, because I don't really have a sponsor. Um, but if I did, if I, if I did have some sponsors, uh, they would be amazing sponsors, and I'm always looking for sponsors. So I first and foremost want to thank everyone for, again, like I always do, um, coming on the show, talking about the show, promoting the show, buying the t-shirts, uh, sharing, um, sharing posts on Facebook, liking, commenting, volunteering, all of that. I appreciate all of you guys doing that. Um, yeah, so we are coming on, God... It's August. Like, it's August, guys. This year has just been one of those never-ending... It feels like fucking January was, like, seven years ago. But we're in the eighth month, guys. It's insane. So... Want to talk a little bit about uh, today's guest, Hannah, I don't even, I I don't even exactly know how to pronounce her last name, so I'm not going to, because I'm not going to butcher it, I want to tell her, um, uh, I just want to tell you guys that, like, this interview that I have with Hannah is, like, I wanted to do this interview for a a very long time, because it was always interesting to me on... Um, the the mindset of the youth and I've worked with Hannah so long and we've kind of built up this uh, older brother little sister kind of a, a relationship that it was to me uh, very important that I got a younger person on here one in her teenage years and one especially with her after the pandemic started uh, getting to know what was going through her head when the um, her senior year got to cut short. So it was very interesting to uh, see how she took that, uh, all these negatives, and kind of made them into positives. And I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. Um, I'm super proud of this girl uh, and just getting to know her. But yeah, so um, I don't know about you guys, but like... Um, you know, like, I, uh, I don't really, like, this, this whole show has been kind of dedicated to, um, opening up, uh, and by the time this episode airs, it's been a few months since I'd split up with the, uh, with my girlfriend that I had whenever I, um, uh, that I had for a very long time, or about three or four months, um, and it was, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say it was applicable, you know, like it wasn't mutual breakup, um, and I, I am not about to air dirty laundry, I just, uh, 
sometimes in life you just something happens and you just cannot um, you cannot be the same person that you were when before um, and that's what happened um, after I had my nervous breakdown and my mental breakdown and I started therapy I I started discovering who I was and who I wanted to be and ha ended up realizing that there was a lot of things in my life that I had to give up and that was one of them you know like uh, walking out on a relationship well I mean call a spade a spade she broke up with me but I was never like in the mindset that I was in I was it was only a matter of time um and I'm okay with that, um, and I hope that she is, I, I, I hope that she, by now, is, she's okay, and she, she understands, um, but at the end of the day, it's not my job to make people understand my actions, or justify my actions, or my, uh, lack of reactions to things, um, and, uh, as much as I've been doing with therapy, uh, I gotta tell you guys, uh, BetterHelp.com has been the m magic for me. Um, it, I've opened up a lot more. Uh, I can, I, I, I've realized a lot more about myself through therapy. Uh, the people that came up with this is like uh, everything about them is amazing. So if you guys can, um, can't afford it and have the access to betterhelp.com is the best therapy sessions uh you know because you can message them on the go like like email them and and they and they respond like that day with it sometimes within uh hours or minutes from the message you know we set up a once a month or once a week video chat or phone call or um uh texting conversation you know so it helps so much. It, it helps me if I'm having a bad day, if I've had a bad week. You know, like uh, he, they can't they they keep in contact with you. They keep in touch with you. Um, my therapist um, that I have is absolutely amazing guy. I uh, I've enjoyed uh, being able to ha ask him and and get to know him and him get inside my head instead of me getting inside of your guys's head. Uh, it's nice to have somebody that is looking out for me and uh, helping me out of my own darkness. So there's uh, there's that. Uh, so yeah, uh, it, they're not a sponsor, but BetterHelp.com is like uh, that's, that's where I've been going to get uh, my my help, and it's afford it's affordable and it's it's easy uh, and so fucking worth it. You guys should definitely definitely uh, check them out um, trying to think of uh, stuff that's going on uh, t-shirts are are doing well I, uh, I think that everybody should uh, if you can get one you should definitely get one uh, not just the ones with my face on it like the the be the light campaign is going pretty strong right now so I've appreciate everyone who's getting those shirts um 
and I'm working with my sister's um, graphic vinyl graphic company B&B Custom Creations. Uh, I am ecstatic to be working with my sister. Um, I absolutely adore my sister. I love her, and um, I can't wait to have her on. Um, that one for me might be one of the hardest ones because uh, as much as I know my sister, there's a lot of things that's happened in her life that's hard for me to hear uh, and it'd probably be hard for her to talk about. So whenever we get a chance to do that, then whenever she's comfortable, she's agreed to come on so we can promote our mutual admiration uh, for our campaign because it's a, it's a thing that we both believe in. So, without further ado, let's get inside Hannah's head. So, I'm sitting here with my favorite former co-worker at the store. Hannah, how are you? I'm good. I'm tired. I'm good. So... Uh, Hannah is going to join the Air Guard. Is it Air Force? Air Force. Air Force. We're going fully into the Air Force. Okay. Uh, so, I, as a person that has had um, military in my uh, family, uh, I have full respect for this. This is an amazing thing for you. Uh, I'm very happy for you. Um, what led you to this decision? Um... Most of my family has been through some sort of branch of the military, and I wanted to be a nurse, and I felt like this was the best way to experience everything and see everything. And it also helps that they pay for college. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, with your family being somewhat in the military, um, what was life like for you growing up with that? Um, well, so... My mom married my stepdad, and for a while, he was just in the guard, so it was like here and there weekends, and then two years ago, he got shipped to Kuwait, so it was a lot for me, because he was like always there, and then I didn't get to see him for a full year, so. Okay, so as a, as a, two years ago, so like, you were 16, something like that? So, like, 16-year-old girl, like, you don't really have your, like, your stepdad around is, like, does that bother you a lot? Does, do you have, like, a lot of anxiety about things that could have happened while he was over there? I did because he's kind of, like, the step-in of, like, my father. So when he was gone, it was kind of everything, the dynamic in the house changed, and I was just used to him being there. So when he wasn't, I was like, who do I go to to talk about stuff? Okay, so um, so I don't really know this that much about you. So I, I, these kind of interviews, like I'm always kind of learning uh, about the people that I've worked around for. Like uh, God, it's been like two or three years now. So um, what was um, what's your relationship with your uh, birth father? Um, well, he lives across the state. So originally, I would see him like once month and then it like died down from there and then the last time i saw him i finally got to see him after like a year and a half was in june okay so what does that how does that play into your mindset do you like 
was he not around by choice or was it kind of like a forced thing where he like, didn't need to be around you? Uh, I think it was by choice because he could have chose to come see us, but he kind of made excuses and it was, I, it is harder to drive across the state. I get that. But now as I can drive and I have my license, I'm kind of like, you know, Right. So, as a teenage girl, uh, and your birth dad is not around, um, what is that, I mean, obviously, like, your stepdad, you said, you know, like, kind of stepped up and to be the, like, that father figure and stuff like that uh, to you, uh, but what does it, um, what does it mean to you, or how does it relate to you as, as a, as a female, like, not, ha like, not having, like, your birth father around? Well, I mean, my stepfather was there since I was five, so he's been there, like, my entire life. So it didn't, I wouldn't say it didn't really affect me, but when I was little, I didn't really think about it. I just thought of him as dad, and so when my real dad came around, I was just like, I would call him dad, and he'd be like, no, he's not your dad. I'm your dad. Yeah, that, uh, that tends to happen, um... For some reason, uh, it's an ego thing with uh, with dads. Like, like, cause my kids, they have uh, like strong father-like figures in their lives, and like, to me, that ha that's a title needs to be earned. And it's like, I feel like if your stepdad has stepped up and stepped in as like the like the parental role or father role model, then he's earned the right to be called a dad because anyone can be actually hold up anyone can be a dad it takes a man to be a father and the way that it sounds that's what your stepdad did was became a, a father yeah i for the longest time i wouldn't say i was mad at my dad but i did hold a grudge against him and then because i felt like he favored my brothers more because he could relate to them more like i don't play games video games and all that like, I'm not inclined to do that at all, and they all are, and so I feel like he that's the only thing that he talked to them about, so I didn't feel like I was included, but with my stepdad, like, whatever I wanted to do, he would be down. I used to paint his toenails. He'd just sit there and let me paint his toenails, and he used to paint my nails because I did so bad at him. He, one day he was like, no, just let me paint your nails, and he cleaned up, like, how you would do at a nail salon. He did all that, and... He just made me feel like, you know, I was his daughter and I could come to him about anything. I don't think he wants me telling anybody this, but <laughs> a little TMI. When I got my first period, he cried because I was becoming more of a woman and he was sad to see me growing up. No, I get that. Um, when my daughter got hers, it like it kind of took that whole little girl thing that mm -hmm. we built up as like as, as dads um and kind of like well fuck now she's a woman yeah and mm -hmm. we're never prepared for that i didn't even know he was crying and my mom's like he's crying in the other room and he was like you're just growing up so fast and then he went out and bought me pads and all that and i was just like that was just new to me because i was like mom only moms do that times don't do that and <laughs> Anytime that I needed anything, even if it was little, he was like, yep, I'll go get that. 
even if it was like snacks that I really didn't need, but I was like, I want those. He went out and got them. So you were basically like, you had him wrapped around your finger. Oh yeah, my mom told me that a lot. She's like... Still like that? Yes and no, it depends on what it is. And like today, I went out shooting with him. It was either shooting or fishing. And I wanted to go last week and he made time to go this week with me because I really wanted to go do it. Right. Because with you leaving soon, you know, like all those small little things are going to be kind of taken away exactly. until like, unless, unless you're back. Mm -hmm. So, okay. All right. So you've uh, talked about um, your relationships with like the, the parent or the father figures. Uh, what's your relationship with your mom like? For the longest time, my mom, she still is, but she was like my best friend, like the person because in elementary school and stuff, we moved around. So I didn't really have time to make friends, and then when I did, we would move. So she was like the person that I went to and talked about. And then this past year, she's kind of strayed more to the mother side of things and let me know that she's actually my mom and not my best friend. Which is important. Yes, I know. <laughs> Which is okay, like, I understand that, like, that needs to be set, but for the longest time I was like, oh, she's my best friend. And she's had to lay down the rule and be like, no, I'm your mom. I still love you, but... Ah, uh, no, I, I can see that, like, the the interactions that, I, that I've had with your mom, I could, I could definitely see how she could have both sides to that. Um, I can see, I see a lot of, like, the whole, like, caring best friend like very supportive person and then like i can see that she can have that stern look in her eye like all right hannah you fucked up shut you, the fuck up already you just, <laughs> you just get that look and you're like i'm gonna go to my room now because <laughs> i made you mad right so um so you, you you talked about moving around a lot um what is that uh like how much anxiety does that give you as like the new kid because like i remember being the new kid a lot so what was it like for you? The first few times we moved from like around a little bit in St. Charles and St. Louis area and then we moved all the way up to St. Joe, Missouri. And well, we lived in Troy, Missouri and then we moved up to St. Joe and then we moved to Savannah and then we moved to Cameron. And at first I was like a social butterfly and I made friends with everybody. And as I got older it was I felt like it was harder to connect with people because when I moved like to Savannah in Cameron, it was like, well, I've lived here my whole life. Right, yeah, that whole mentality, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. So then like my friend groups were a little weird because I was friends with like one of each of all the friend groups because they had moved around too, but they fit in with the popular kids or the not so popular kids. So we made like our little own friend group of people that moved around and know, knew what it was like to not be fully included, but also there. Was it like on your first day, like every time, like was there like a whole lot of like nerves? Like, am I gonna be that that kid that like when that first time you step foot on that, like the property of the school, like everyone's like, oh, I don't know her, boom, eyes on. Like was, cause I always had that fear. I felt like that's how they were gonna be, even though I I bet they weren't. I always came, like, even the first day of each year, I was like, 
I don't want to be the weird kid this year. I want to be normal. I want to be seen, but I also want to be invisible. And then I learned that you can't have both worlds. Right. Either they're going to see you or they're not going to see you. And I preferred not being seen because it was a lot easier to get by. I actually, no, I agree. It's like um, I was talking to uh, my friend Laura uh, earlier today about how I'm not someone that enjoys um, attention. Um, even like whenever I was younger, like, you know, I would dye my hair like blue or something like that and wear like these crazy like colored shirts and stuff like that. I never, I hated attention. Um, so like, I always wanted to be under the radar, friendly to everyone, but like, I just, I did not want to be seen. It was so much easier. Um, whenever you, uh, and until like you start getting and tell you start getting that attention and then everyone all, all of a sudden starts looking at you um and you i could see that happen to a lot because like your personality is a lot like mine like you're quiet at first but then like when people started getting to know you like your weirdness starts to show and people are for some reason people are attracted to weird <laughs> Whenever, like, a teacher would call me and I'd have to answer, like, my face would go bright red and I'm like, and or they would, like, congratulate me on something. I was just like, please don't notice me. Like, yes, I know that I'm doing so great in this class. Like, language, all the teachers. I would always, I was a big reader and I would get all these awards for reading in elementary school and middle school. And then they would be, like, talk to other students and they would say, well, why can't you read like her? Like, she reads, she eats books. And my mom would, like, talk about that to her friends and be like yeah she eats books and I'm like please don't talk about me to your friends I don't want to be noticed I just want to be here but go underneath the radar well, um what what made you uh, a uh, a big reader was it something like to you for you to like escape into other worlds to where like you want you weren't you you were that character I felt like it helped me get away. Like, I obviously didn't have a terrible childhood, but it helped me get away when I didn't want to. You could just sit in my room and read. And when I read, my brothers knew to leave me alone and not go in my room, not bug me. And it was just like one book after another. Did you have a certain, like, favorite kind of books that you, that you enjoyed reading? Any mystery fiction, any type of fiction. I hated nonfiction. I couldn't get into any nonfiction books. Are you still like that now? Yes. I like I love the facts. Like if I read a newspaper, I can read a newspaper. But if it's like a book about somebody's life, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But if you added like some fiction in there, it'd be okay. Right. So I was like as big of a comic book person as I am. Like whenever I read, I I enjoyed the. Um, a lot of like the the biographies like serial killer biographies obviously because like for whatever reason that's just a thing for me um and a lot of people apparently but i also kind of like enjoyed biographies of like presidents and stuff like that for whatever reason but like i for the longest time i could not read a a fiction book like i have like an imagination like like no other i can come up with some crazy insane things but if you put it in front of me in a book form no I, I, I couldn't I, I couldn't sit still long enough to read a book now I can do it 
course I'll be asleep like within 30 minutes, but you know, <laughs> I think that's just the old part of me. <laughs> so, um, uh, when you get, got to high school, like, um, did, when you moved to Cameron, were you already in high school or? I moved here at the end of fifth grade. Okay. So, um, when you get into high school, um, cause it's been quite a few years since I've been in high school. Uh, what was high school like for you? Because like, I've watched a lot of um, people and a lot of kids, and it, to me, it seems like it's fucking horrible. Uh, it's like impossible to be like a kid these days. So what was it like for you? It, the, so the end of eighth grade year up through junior year, I got bullied because I had a girl that decided that she was going to spread a rumor about me and her. She wanted, first it started out as we had kissed, which, like, I'm not against people that are like that, I'm just not like that myself. And so for the longest time, everybody was on that. And then she started another rumor in sophomore year that we had date, we were dating, and we had been dating this whole time. And so anytime that I got a boyfriend or somebody that was interested in me, they were like, but wait, aren't you lesbian? Like, you don't like guys. And I had like girls that would text me and bully me. Like, it's not in the hallway that they do it anymore. Like, they'll still talk about you in the hallway as they're passing you, but it's not really directly to your face anymore. It's all online. Like, people make posts or Snapchat stories, and then it just spreads a lot quicker than it, than it does at school. Like. And the teachers can't really tell you, oh, don't be posting that online if you don't have somebody's name in it. Right. So. So. Wow. Um, so what, is, but what does that do to your, um, do you get, like, anxiety if you're, to, like, to have social media? Like, is it, like, one of those, like, fuck, I better just, like never get it i did i had had snapchat and instagram the only thing i kept was facebook i got rid of it all my mom was like the only way like you don't like you don't need to see all this like all that and i just deleted it all because i didn't want to have to deal with it and i still heard it in the hallway i still heard it in classrooms like i would be in class with the popular people and they would just come up to me and ask me questions, and I'm like, no, that didn't happen. No matter how many times I said no, they still were like, oh yeah, you were, like, because I say you did, you you were, and so it really hurt my self-esteem. I went definitely into my shell a little bit, and I did have some friends around me, but they were also friends with her, so it didn't really help. But every time I see her now, I just laugh at her because I just. I know this sounds so bad, but I feel like I'm in a better place now than she is. No, no, it makes it makes a lot of sense because, um, so like, um, for the people listening to this, um, I've always kind of uh, said that Hannah was a female me, a very a younger female me, uh, and a lot of that actually um, is relatable to me because whenever I was in school, uh, I was always um, everyone just assumed that I was gay. And like they, they would like this pre-internet. This was pre-anything, so it was a lot of like locker room in the hallway kind of stuff. So um, it made it impossible for me to um, 
really want to go to school. Like, it gave me, like, super anxiety and, like, just, like, severe depression to, like, I was just afraid to go. Uh, and then fast forward several years, a couple years ago, um, now I had all these rumors about all these women that I slept with, and I was like, what the fuck happened here? Because in high school, I, I, like, I was gay, and now I'm just a fucking man whore. So this made no sense to me. But, um, but no, I get, I get what you're saying, because, like, um, they always tell you to, um, ignore all, everything, and, uh, eventually the world will set everything right, and in some occasions, yeah, it does, um, but sometimes it doesn't, it, like, we've, uh, we both, we've probably both experienced, like, uh, and witnessed, uh, kids just being bullied, and not everyone has the strong-headed mindset that we seem to have, uh, some, some don't, and, like, like rather, rather it's a school shooting or like bringing a gun to school or a knife or um, whatever you know like it, it can get bad and so did at any point whenever all this stuff was going on did you uh, did you were you like fuck I don't want to go to school yes I did freshman year I did not want to go to school in sophomore year, she moved away, and I was like, oh, yay, so I can go back to school. Like, I was still in school, but I was like, I can go back to school this year and not worry about anything. And then I heard rumors junior year that she was coming back, and my mom was like, why are you even worried about it at this point? Like, it's old news. Like, you're set on a path. The only thing that made me want to go to school in high school, freshman year, was the Cameron Biomed program because I wanted to be a nurse so bad and not like show me all these cool medical things. I did labs every day or at least every week and the teacher like showed me like you can be good at something and not have to brag about it, but you will still get recognized for being good at that. Oh yeah. And so when she came back senior year, I was like, yeah, you're back, but I don't really care. And she was in like three of my classes I even had to do a project with her and I just did my part and handed it in. She didn't even do her part because she never showed up to school. And I got a good grade and she didn't and she was mad at me about it. And I was like, I don't even know you, don't talk to me kind of sort of mindset at that point because I was, we were best friends and then she did that to me and I was like, best friends don't do that. No, no they don't. Um best friends are the ones that like have your back more than like how most of your family does uh they're the ones that you know like will stick up for you whenever you have no idea what the fuck's going on mm -hmm. um and those are the type of people that you always kind of want to surround yourself with and if none of your friends are like that then you know really don't need them around yeah and junior year i think that's why i had a mindset going into senior year is i found these two two band geek kind of punk rock girls and one of them was more one of them's more of my ride or die now I actually went and got her from the airport today from being in Florida and anything anybody said she'd stick up for me even if I didn't even hear it and she'd stomp whatever it was whatever rumor it was and if they came up to me and talked to me about it she kind of pushed me to the side and talked for me because she just wanted to protect me and not have anything go wrong which 
is good, but at the same time, I also need to have a voice too, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, eventually you have to uh, stick up for yourself. Um, having everyone or having anyone else do it for you all the time is uh, kind of detrimental um, to you trying to like make it known that like, you're not going to take it anymore um but it is nice to know that she is one of those like all right stand back and i'm gonna i'm gonna destroy this bitch <laughs> she was like don't even worry about it i'll take care of it and at first i let her and i was like okay okay and then i was like when senior year started i was like i'm gonna have to probably have classes with her my locker is gonna be somewhere near hers like you're not you're not in school anymore so you can't protect me now and she was like i know she was upset because she wanted to like protect me because I'm like her little child things <laughs> and I, we're only a year apart but she's like super mama bear over me even though I'm the mom of the group I could okay yeah I can see that I'm always prepared like if you ask me for something in my purse probably not the purse I have right now but in my old purse I had like nail clippers and lotion do you have snacks did have snacks <laughs> and then yeah she came became my friend and we were both like she's like the crazy aunt that had snacks in her purse and I was like the mom so okay so um now you did something that not a lot of uh girls had really had been able to do on a on a regular basis you're in your high school we'll call it a career because it always seems cooler to sound, <laughs> cooler way to say it other than like maybe your your sentence. <laughs> um, you were on the wrestling team yes. at a time when uh, I I think at a, at the most apropos time of women being more of in the forefront of everything and uh, being recognized uh, as being capable of doing everything. Um, when you joined the wrestling team, what made you want to join the wrestling team? Well, at first, I didn't want to join the wrestling team. But, like, I did, and I thought about it, and I overthought it, and I was like, uh, no. But I had talked to this freshman girl who had been wrestling youth. So she'd been wrestling guys, girls, whatever she could wrestle at her weight. And she was like, just do it, and if you don't like it in the first month, like, then you're, you can be done. And so I did it, and my brothers had all done it. So I already knew the moves. It wasn't like I was new to it. I was my little brother's wrestling dummy because we were the closest in weight. And right. he had been to rookie state, youth state, and now he's been to high school state. And, yeah, I already knew the moves. I was just nervous about who was actually going to come out. But the wrestling girls team is such a family, like, no matter who you are or where you come from, you can be rich, you can be poor, you just go to that wrestling family and they just make you feel like you're a sister with them, no matter what. You know, whether it's um, professional or amateur, like uh, that is one thing that I will always say about um, whenever you join the wrestling uh, fraternity, it's you become a family. Like, like, we don't give one damn about what you've done or what you do outside of wrestling. When you're here, like, w once you join, you're in. It's kind of like the mob. Like, when you're in, you're in. Like, forever. You are forever known as a wrestler. 
so um the wrestling family like the ones with you have with the girl what was your relationship like with the with the guys the i will say the first year the star athletes of the boys wrestling team like the varsity boys made it really hard to want to come back and wrestle because they the first year didn't really welcome us they i think they were scared of us at first and they were very intimidated by us um the first three weeks of practice we're all conditioning and of course girls not all girls but some girls don't run faster than guys and no matter like lifting weights or whatever it was they were always like well we're better than you and we were all like yeah you're better than us because you've been doing this for three years since you were six like you've been doing this almost your whole life of course you're going to be better this is our first year or her our, our third year like we're not going to be wonderful at it we're still learning everybody still learns but oh yeah you never stop learning they definitely made it really hard to feel like we were involved but us girls after the three weeks we didn't care what they said we pushed ourselves and whatever they said didn't really matter anymore did you uh did you ever have to like scrimmage scrimmage that's the right word yeah, scrimmage with the uh, with the boys. We never had to wrestle them unless we wanted to, which most of us were like, "We're not gonna waste our time on you." Like we already know. Some of us could like the lighter weights did wrestle the boys, and they did kick their butts. It's just they were good. But some of us girls were just like, mm, "No." Did you feel like you had to prove something whenever you joined the wrestling team? The first year, yes. I felt like, I think we all, because we were, besides two of the girls, all of us were new, and we all wanted to go to state. We were all so, like, mind-focused on going to state, and when only one or two of us, I think two of us went, we were upset about it, but we still like cheered them on and stuff. And then our second year, we had five, I think, girls go to state. And I was so close from going to state, I will still, I will say that every single time. I was one point away from going to state and I regret it. I know that I probably should have put way more work in this year than I did. Okay, um, so speaking of this year, because it was your senior year, and then, pandemic hits what what goes through because like, i know what it, like i know what it was like for for the older the older people a lot of things had to change but as a young teenager still in school your senior year which should have be your the best year of your life well up until like the next thing right it gets cut short because of a pandemic and boom you're not allowed in school anymore and except for online stuff right. which isn't school no which barely homework <laughs> um so what what goes through your head as a teenage teenager your senior year at first i was like i had a prom date ready and i already had bought my dress like three months ahead of time because i was gonna get the best dress I spent the most money on this dress too, which 
it's kind of a bummer, but I was like, this year I'm going to do all these things that I want to do, like, I was going to be a track manager, I was going to run track originally, but I'm not a fast runner, so I was like, yeah, I'll be a manager. That fell through, obviously, and then I felt bad because I wanted to go to prom and I wanted to do all like the graduation and the skip day and all that, which were the champs and skip day, just saying. <laughs> but after every, I just saw all these Facebook posts about my kid's not going to be able to do this. And I was just like, yeah, they're not. They're going to be the one, the first person that gets to say, hey, my high school got cut short and I got the best grades that I have gotten in any of my four years of high school because I didn't have to go to school. Which, I mean, yes, that's not true for some people. And I do wish that I got to go to prom and I got to walk at graduation. But at the same time, like, who gets to say my high school got cut short because of a pandemic? Yeah, only like um, 100 years ago, whenever the Spanish flu was a big thing. But there's not too many 100-year-olds. Exactly. (laughs) And, like, this will be something that you could, like, tell your kids, like, you should be lucky you get to go to prom because I didn't. I couldn't even walk around without a mask on for like three years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with that being, with that happening, you're not allowed to go to school. Which means that you're now, during the height of all this, you have to work because you have to do something. Because I know you, because you you get rather bored pretty pretty easily, and you get thrown into the work environment, which we both know, because we both work there. The store went fucking crazy. It was nuts. Um, I know, like, for the most part, I was able to keep my like keep my stuff together, like keep my stress level down. What was it like for you? I I remember when it first started before I even before school shut or anything I got two things of toilet paper and this person was like are you really gonna use both of those can't you just share and I was just like I have two bathrooms like I'm gonna use this and then as it went on just I can't believe how some people were so nice during it and then on the other end how some people were so stressed out that it brought the worst out of them oh I agree like Like, it just blew my mind how you go from seeing one person being so nice one day and then the next they're just so stressed that they can't help but be rude because they don't know what else to do anymore. Has this changed how you um, how you view people? Yes, it honestly has. Like I always used to see the good in people and I still try to see the good in people, but now I think I get a little more irked when people are like, come on and check out my groceries hurry up, I need to be this place and this place, which I know I'm there for them because I'm customer service and all that, but at the same time, like, I'm not like that when I go to a store. Like, I know right. how it is. Yeah, you, uh, like, I've, it changed how I view people in the sense that, like, in some retrospects, I've seen more good come out of people. Like, I've seen people pay for someone else's groceries or tip somebody, like, a tremendous amount of money. Uh, just for doing their job and at any other time it wouldn't have been it would have been an afterthought um, but then I you know like like you I've seen people just be absolutely terrible um, and to the point where it's like it's concerning 
Like, if they're acting like this to somebody that works at a grocery store, right. who, how the fuck are they going to, like, how are they acting whenever this isn't going to be a thing anymore? Right. Like, are they going to be, like, worse? I don't know. It, it's stuff like that's always kind of bothered me. Um, and it's good to know that, like, I wasn't the only one that saw it because I think, for the most part, a lot of us at the store were... Like, I, we were all beyond tired. Like, you could just, uh, tell, like, all of us were just exhausted. Some days I just didn't want to come in because I was like, what customer is going to yell at me next for doing something a little bit the way that they didn't like or something that I thought was what they wanted but they really didn't want? And then some days I would come in and be so tired and, like you said, I would get, like, an old lady that was like, here's a dollar for doing your job, and a, or a dollar coin, which I like those. I don't, I collect them. I'm weird like that. But it was always nice to see the nice ones. But I was always dreading coming into work and even seeing how the workers were because all the attitudes and the atmosphere changed at work because everybody was just so tired of being treated poorly. No, I agree because, like, before all this started um at the store there was always some sort of like infighting like somebody making a mention to like a derogatory remark about this person or that person like oh I this place fucking sucks blah 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 and then boom pandemic we're super stupidly busy and then like all of a sudden, like, we're actually there for each other, like, an actual team. You're like, oh, well, you're like, Hannah looks, uh, like, she needs to go sit down, and, like, I'll go send somebody over there, or I'll take care of it for a second while she goes and sits down for, like, five to thirty minutes. Um, so, like, it was, it was exhausting. And, like, to me, I think it changed a lot of how, um, like, because there was a lot of, like, all of a sudden these new rules. Like, you weren't supposed to, like, the six, like the whole social distancing thing still to this day bothers me. Um, because I'm not used to being six feet away from someone. Like, because, like, whenever you're younger, you like, your you're top manners. Like, for men, uh, I don't know about girls, but, like, you shake somebody's hand whenever you, you see them. Or you give them a hug or whatever. And then, boom, you're not allowed to do that touch it all which is so weird yeah yeah so these are definitely interesting to, like uh i like to say that like for the most part i've adhered to that but like i'm a social person like i like especially like, the people that i work with like we're already around it like mm -hmm. like i kept telling everyone like we're living in a like we're working in a petri dish like so like if i'm gonna see like I'm gonna like support my my fellow coworkers. I'm gonna give them a hug. I'm gonna shake their hand. Like I'm gonna pat them on the back. I don't care. Like whether that's right or wrong and piss people off or not. Like that's like that's how we survive. That's like human contact. That's literally how we got through it. Okay. So, with all this going on, and you are now uh, you're a senior without half of your senior year. You're thrust into like a job where you're working way more than more hours than you had normally worked yeah. you're around rude people and somewhat good people um what does what does hannah do to calm down 
I, on my off days, I was so lazy, like, I would just watch Netflix all day because I just didn't want to do anything, and my mom would come home and she would be like, dishes aren't done, like, that was your chore, because with four kids in the house, we had a chore board, and when she wrote something on the board, that's what would get done. Um, for the first week or two, she understood it and kind of picked up on the slack, but after that, she was like, there's no excuse, you need to get this stuff done, and I was like, but as a family, we've always been close, as close as families get, you know. Mm-hmm. But we would always eat dinner and watch a movie on Fridays. And on weekends during the summer, we would go fishing and all that. Or do something outside or board games inside. Something that we were together. And we, for the most part, we enjoyed each other's company. Sometimes we made each other mad, but, I mean, what are brothers and sisters here for? That's right. I, I, I live to irritate my brothers and sisters. Oh, yes. Okay, so we, we spoke of your brothers. Um, ironically, for the most part, all, all but one, because he's not old enough, has worked for the store. <laughs> yes. Um, What's it like, what was it like for you working with two of your brothers? Well, at first I was like... I'm, I'm a bossy sister. I'm not the oldest. I'm the second oldest, but I definitely, if you looked at our family, you'd think I was the oldest because I boss all of them around. It makes my oldest brother so mad because he's like, I'm the oldest. You listen to me. And I'm like, no, you listen to me. And so when my second to youngest came to work around Thanksgiving is when it like kind of started, I was like, hey, this is what you need to get done. Don't make me look bad. Don't make me look bad in front of people. Do your job. Don't slack off. And then when my older brother came to work, I said kind of the same thing, which he already knew because he had worked at Walmart for a little bit. But at the same time, I was like, it's not Walmart. It's Kimber Market, so you've got to do what you need to do and don't make me look bad. And they honestly surprised me a lot for one of them never having a job and the other one only having a job for less than six months they picked up on everything so fast and whatever I said even if it was annoying little things they did it without even question even if I wasn't in charge they just did it and then when they got home they were like you know you're not the boss you don't have to boss me around at work and it just cracked me up I was like yeah I know but it needs to be done well I mean technically speaking you were yet seniority and in my mind if I'm not there as like the person in the back room that like is the lead stalker it was always you after after me so technically you were their boss which was funny because like when, uh, for the longest time there was this running gag where like a lot of the people that we worked with they just assumed that I was their boss and I let them assume that. You were the only one where I was like, I'm not really anybody's boss. I, they just, you you have that attitude and people just take notice and they just assume these things. And I started noticing you finally coming into your own, finally getting that mindset of like, I'm gonna have confidence. I'm gonna, I can say no, because we both have that bad habit of when somebody asks you to do something Yes, okay, yes, uh, no matter what it took from, like, took from us, uh, but you finally developed your own personality and your own mind, and you're like, you know what, 
fuck this, no. Yeah. So, what was that like for you, whenever, what that light switch moment? I definitely think it pissed a lot of people off that I was like, no, I want my Saturday off, or no, I'm gonna have three days off in a row, I'm not gonna work that day in between, because I don't want to take your shift. I think it made a lot of people like, what? You're my yes man, I go to you because you say yes all the time, and then when I was like, no, I'm not gonna say yes all the time anymore, I'm tired, I want my days off, I want to be able to do normal things that teenagers are supposed to do and not work all the time, they were kind of like, who is this? This isn't right. I think you're going crazy. No, I remember there was a, there was a few of them that were like, uh, talked about how you had developed this attitude, and I kept I remember like the first two times that I heard somebody say something, I, I started getting this like proud like older brother grin on my face, and I was like, that's my girl. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I was like, I don't care if it pisses me off. I was like, I like this Hannah. I was like, I've always loved Hannah. I was like, but this Hannah I like. This girl has got fucking balls. Like, to say no to a, to a boss and mean it. And she's like, well, okay, what? And take whatever punishment, quote unquote, comes her way because she said no. So, very proud of you on that. That It was, it was about time. Like, I knew you had it in you, but like, it was very... I'm still shaky on where I stood. And I was like, I want everybody to like me and then finally I was like everybody doesn't have to like me for me to still have my job as long as I don't I'm not inconsiderate of people or rude you know not I don't have to be everybody's best friend right see it, it's like it's not just at, at the job I I've always told um, people that it's not your job to make people like you it's your job to make you like you and if you like you then eventually people are going to be drawn to that. So as long as you keep that mindset, you're good. Like you, you don't want pe- like you don't want to be the yes man. You don't want to be the like the, the constant people pleaser, um, because that only leads to anxiety and depression. Whenever you feel like you're not get, like you're not giving them that, and eventually like you you have you develop like two dual personalities of the people pleaser and the true you and more times than not than the people pleaser is the one that gets shown and nobody really knows the real you mm-hmm. that's how it was i did have a, a lot of anxiety over like normal everyday things i started like getting anxiety about it because i was like well if i make them mad then am i gonna still have my job or if i make them mad like, am I going to get good hours? Because if you make certain people mad, you might not get good hours. Yeah, and we both know. Yeah. 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 And so when I finally did make that person mad, and I did get my hours cut because of it, I was just like, at that point, I was like, I already got my hours cut, so... Fuck it. You know, I might as well just do what makes me happy now instead of caring about what's going to make them happy or what's going to make the schedule fit best like you can fit my schedule if you can fit everybody else's everybody has life and i have a life too so right which took a while for me to realize that yes i can have a life and work at the same time oh yes you can um so you finally developed a personality and like really kind of just became your own and um what what's it like 
for you in this, I guess, in this new world of yours? Do you still do you still have anxiety, or are you more dead on, dead sure that you're gonna do whatever it is that you've dreamed of doing, and nothing's stopping you? Some new things make me have anxiety, but it, I feel like it's normal anxiety. It's not like, like I feel like certain people have more anxiety than others. And I hate to say normal anxiety, but I feel like the, I have the fear of the unknown. Like going into the Air Force, when he told me, my recruiter said, hey, your ship date got moved up. I cried the first day and didn't text him because I was like, no, I'm supposed to be gone a month later than what it says. And no, that's not okay because I'm supposed to be leaving in August. And so I cried that first day and my boyfriend was like why are you crying this is good like you'll be back a month sooner like it's gonna be good for you you're gonna have a good experience and i was like i just don't know what's gonna happen and then i talked to one of the uppers in the air force and he was like the only reason why you're upset about it is because you don't know but by the second day you're gonna be like i don't know why i was upset like it's just not knowing and that's a lot with me, like moving wise, when I had to move and stuff and I didn't know what I was walking into. That was also gave me like anxiety. But at this point, I'm just gonna do stuff that makes me happy. Like I wanna be happy, that's my main goal. And if it makes people mad, sorry to say, I guess you're gonna get mad. Okay, well what makes Hannah happy? I love my family, I really do. And so being around them makes me happy, but also being able to have my own time makes me happy. So I did move out and it did not make my family happy, but being able to have go away and not just go into a room where they could like come in and talk to you, like fully moving out made me feel like I had my own space to think and stuff. And I didn't have people like my parents talking over my shoulder and being like, well, I made that bad decision, so you shouldn't make it. And they weren't happy about that because they didn't want me to repeat their mistakes because they had already made them. But I'm one of those that has to do it myself or else I don't believe you. So. No, it makes sense. I'm very stubborn like my mom. Okay, so this episode I think is coming out in a month. And in a month, you're going to be in, I'm assuming, basic training. Mm-hmm. So, and by, if, if I'm not mistaken, basic training, you're not really allowed phones. At least it's eight and a half weeks. I want to say for half of that, you can't have a phone. And if it is, it's like just to contact people. But after that, I'm pretty sure you can have it on and off if you're like on good behavior. Okay. So... In a month, whenever this comes out, this might be the first time that your mom, who does listen to the show, and I'm sure we'll probably like skip past all the other episodes if she hasn't caught up by then, we'll, we'll be hearing your voice. So, if you could say anything to your mom, kind of weird saying in the future. <laughs> um, I love you. And I can't wait to see you in September. And I have to think of all this now. You put me on the spot. Um, 
You know that's what I do. I know. <laughs> you should have known by now. <laughs> if I haven't texted you already, you should text me back. <laughs> um, pick up unknown phone calls because I'm going to be calling you. Okay. All right. I think that's it. Okay, so like with uh, most of my um, interviews, uh, what's what does Hannah appreciate most about life? I know that I said I fear it, but I do appreciate the unknown. Like, life can go bad, but it can also go really, really good. And so I appreciate not being able to see what's in the future, but knowing that hopefully I'm going to have a good future. That's what I appreciate. And I appreciate family, obviously. I love my family. I love my friends. Everybody that's good to me, I love. <laughs> okay. Um, and for uh, those that are listening that um, that have anxiety and and uh, depression or anything like that, that are just like maybe going through like a hard time and for whatever reason had grasped uh, something in, in your story, um, if you could say anything to them, what would it be? Find something that makes you happy, whether it makes people mad or not. As long as you're happy with it, that's all that matters. Like, you have to be happy first. And if you're not happy, then life's going to be really hard. I realized that life was really hard until I decided to be happy with myself and with my surroundings. Okay. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Um, whenever I, I started doing this podcast and I and I told you about it, I know it took you a little bit to get to listen to the show, but you did, and you recommended your mom recommended it to your mom, who is a big supporter. And um, she, Hannah is the first first person to buy one of my shirts. And um, so I am very appreciative of, of you uh, being able to uh, get to know you and work with you these last uh, couple of years. Whenever I say that you were you're my favorite, you literally were my favorite. Uh, I used to tell everyone at the store, like every now and then, like I, I do my children, like, oh, you're my favorite. For you, I actually meant it. <laughs> um, and in a month, whenever, if any of them are listening to it, I guess it's a uh, reality check for them but uh, no I did um, I really enjoyed working with it you you always impressed me with uh, your your leadership skills and the fact that you were like one of the hard, hardest workers um, actually surpassing me by a long shot um, I uh, I want you to know how proud of you I am and how much I absolutely adore you and love you and I'm so proud to see you going into the Air Force it is um, it's mind-blowing. It actually t took me off guard, um, but I guess n getting to know you a little bit more, I, I, sh I shouldn't have been sh so shocked. Um, so, um, and whenever you come back, um, I better see you. <laughs> I will stop in and say hi. And um, your mom said, like, in a year or so, we should do, uh, like, a follow-up. And you know what? I don't care. Like, if it's a year or whenever, um, I want you to come back, um, because, like, with all my guests, like, everybody is always more than welcome to come, uh, on the show more than once, 
because I want to know, like, because I want to see, and I want all the listeners to see a di- the different Hannah that's going to be coming back out of the uh, Air Force, or the Air Force Hannah, I guess. So, um, I love you, you take care, and uh, we will talk to everybody later. So yeah, everyone, uh, love peace and chicken grease. Well, you just heard Hannah. Uh, the story of uh, my favorite co-worker. Um, she's an amazing woman. Uh, I cannot stress how proud I am of her. She is absolutely one of the best that this world has to offer and I'm glad I have been able to in the last two years have her in my universe have her in my orbit Um, I cannot stress how much um, her impact has had on me Um, and you know she's going into the Air Force and I hope I hope everything that you know she goes through in with life is like is amazing. I know there's going to be some tough times, but I know her, her resolve and her ability to continuously push through to find the good is going to be uh, a major thing for her. So, yeah. Um, oh, guys, I am. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many times I can tell you how appreciative I am of all of you, but I am. Um, I have been blessed so much in my life to thoroughly um, not even comprehend how how much all of you and your support has meant to me uh, I just absolutely absolutely adore and love all of you guys it has been so this this whole journey has been amazing for me so, I think uh, before I end this episode with uh, our quote of the week, Zen moment, whatever the fuck we're calling it, I've actually lost track of what the hell we're calling it. Um, I want to. Uh, I want to take. Uh, a moment, because I've always been very keen on showcasing uh, people that have, um, like, maybe, like, affected me in, in a way. Uh, and by the time that this uh, show airs, it's it had probably been a little while since I got this message. Um, but it meant a lot. So, um, I was congratulating my friend Erica Spurgeon on a uh, on a job that she just got, and I had uh, sent her a private message and I told her that I was seriously proud of her for what she's done. That she was to me, she was not just a um, a, a beautiful masterpiece. Uh, that she, that she was brave and she was fantastic and I was just so proud of her and she'd sent me um, she'd sent me this response um, and it got me thinking she was like she's like thanks love 
Um, and I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you when you were battling your demons. And I told her that it wasn't her place. And what matters is that I was here for her whenever she's battling hers and to make sure that she was never al alone. And to me, that's the point. It's not just like my friend's name, like my friend Erica or my, my other friends that deserve and will get their, their due and their mention. Um, it's because I know what it's like to feel alone while you're fighting battles. And I know I've seen it in people's eyes and I've seen it in people's ways that they act and stuff like that. They truly are there truly are so many people out there that think that they could, they need to battle the darkness alone. You don't. You can, you, you can be going through hell. But just know, there are people out there, there are people that love you, that want to see you succeed. Your true friends, your true family, they want to see you succeed. And damn it, I'm one of them. So whenever you think that you're doing this all by yourself, you're not. I have your back. My I got you game is not a game. It is for real and it is ferocious. I don't care if, if you're in your best or your mess, in your sunshine or your sundown, your darkness or your light, your success or your failures. I'm there for all of it. So whenever I say that I got you, I mean I got you. Sometimes that I got you is gonna be harsh, and I'm gonna have, and I'm gonna look like I'm walking away. But in the end, I'm just trying to motivate you. I am not someone that has all the answers. God, I wish I did. But I'm definitely somebody that is learning, just like you. And if I've learned a lesson that you hadn't learned yet, you damn right, I'm gonna help you out. But at the end of the day, we all have to make our own mistakes. And I just want to want you to know that you're not doing it alone. I got you. So, as we leave this show today, let's get our Zen moment, our quote of the day, or week, whatever. I seriously need to come up with something to call this. Ronda Rousey, former UFC champion, former WWE women's champion, all-around badass. She once said, the kind of hope I'm talking about is the belief that something good will come. That everything you're going through and everything you've gone through will be worth the struggles and frustrations. The kind of hope I'm talking about is a deep belief that the world can be changed that the impossible is possible. And you, she's damn right. I appreciate all of you. I love all of you. And if you are in in that fight and you need a hand, you need someone to have your back, I got you. From my heart to yours, 
love peace and chicken grease. I'm out. Hey, before I leave, I need to talk to you guys about Out of the Darkness Walks experience. On September 12th, here in Cameron, Missouri, at the Cameron High School track, uh, between 11 and 1, they are hosting a walk around the track to uh, unite against uh, suicide. Uh, to raise awareness, to educate communities, support those who have lost loved ones, and support those who have lived the experience. Um, we all have voices. We need to share the stories and provide much-needed hope to so many people that are in the dark. Um, we have to be the light uh, in, in people's dark world sometimes, and I encourage all of you guys to be that light. Um, so, yeah, it, uh Crystal Youngs and Jenny Brownlee are the ones that are putting it on. Uh, I will put the link in the description of this episode. And I encourage you guys to, um, if you are in the area, to register. Registration is free. It's open to the public. Donations are uh, welcome until like the 31st of December. So this is, this is your time, guys. Everyone... Um, that can come out on September 12th, please do support this cause, support these people. Uh, they are an amazing group of ladies and everyone in, that is uh, already pre-registered. Uh, most of them I know, but they're all amazing people and I hope that uh, I see you guys out there because I know I'll, I will be out there myself. So, uh, yeah. That is... September 12th, 11 to 1 at the Cameron High School track. Guys, I really think uh, you guys should definitely support this. Rather, you can rather donating or coming out and walking for a loved one or uh, just walking out of support. Uh, this is our time to shine, guys. Well, so that was originally the ending of this episode, but um, I had to come back on um, because I had pre-recorded this conversation with Hannah, who I hear is doing amazing um, uh, at BASIC um, through her mom and her brothers. But uh, I pre-recorded this conversation about a month, month or so ago. Uh, but I, uh, I had to come on and, uh, do a special ending because, uh, my friend, um, we weren't like truly close, close. Uh, we've had, we had a, like several conversations and I even tried to get her to come on the show, but we were having some scheduling difficulties. But um, Daisy Cat Coleman um, committed suicide last night uh, as of this recording. And if you've ever heard of Daisy, um, she was the centerpiece for the Netflix 
documentary, Audrey and Daisy. Um, you, if you know that documentary or if you've heard of her, you know what happened to her in my old hometown of Maryville. How she was raped and the justice system failed her. And then humanity failed her as a whole. Um, she struggled with depression. She st struggled for the last several years trying to get an identity and people attacking her on the internet and through any form of social media. It, uh, it got to her. She never really left that day. She never really recovered. And then you throw in the account that she lost her brother and her dad. She, she, it could have been any one of us. Um, any, anyone that has ever been that low, that, that sad, that depressed, and felt that that was the only way to get out of here. It's not. There's been so many people that I've loved or known that have left this way, and I wish that I, it was never the case. Normally, this kind of stuff doesn't bother me, but with going through therapy and opening the floodgates of emotions, this one, this one did. Uh, Suicide, I mean, the whole, my entire mission of this show was to help people as much as I could and to show everyone that everybody is not alone, that, you know, it, it was it was never, it, it, it's about getting everybody's story told that, that I can, but also to show people that they're not alone and those feelings that you're feeling, that darkness that you're in, that there is a light in the tunnel, and one more light gets shut out because she didn't have, she didn't think that there was another way. I was blessed to have had amazing conversations with this woman, and there's many people that were blessed to have met her and be her friend and her family and but this isn't it it's not just about daisy it's about those people that live in the dark that don't feel like there's another way out really there is i know you can't see it and i know that it's hard but you cannot you cannot go out like that I know the world has, has failed you, and you just cannot see it, but there is light and dark. There's people in this world that are better because you are in it, that you touch them. Maybe I know you. Maybe I know you pretty damn well. Maybe you're one of my best friends. Maybe you're one of my my people that I consider my family. Maybe I don't know you at all. 
but whatever the case is, my life is better because you're listening to this show. You're, my life is better because you exist in this world. Your story matters to me. I just don't want you guys thinking that there is, isn't a better way. That there is no other way. There is always another way. But I just want to... I just wanted to end this episode um, with a little tribute to um, Daisy Coleman. She was a bright, intelligent, passionate, funny, so talented, beautiful, inside and out, and I just wish that the world had not failed her and made her think that she had to do this. Now I know it's a long shot, and that think for me to think that her uh, that her family listens to this, but if by some miracle of a chance they do, I uh, I send like I send all of her friends and family and and everybody condolences, my thoughts, but. Uh, if you're going to make tributes, go to, uh, if you want to donate or help a cause, um, go to safebay.org. That's S-A-F-E-B-A-E dot org. Um, Daisy helped co-found this organization to prevent sexual assault in high school and middle schools um, to educate to to help those that have been been assaulted um, just visit the website do what you can I can, at this particular point of this year I, I don't know I'm lost but uh we'll We'll get ourselves together. We'll we'll go on and try to make a better life, a better tomorrow, a better world. So rest in peace, Daisy. Thanks again, Hannah, for coming on the show. Even though you're not going to listen to this, but her family is. So that is um yeah. So thanks again. To everyone that l listens to the show, um, such a hard thing to do uh, is to when something like this kind of happens to somebody that you know, um, you want to make a tribute. Um, I did it with Andy Clark, um, my friend that my friend that died a couple about a month or so back, and. Um, I did, I'm going to do it for anybody um, that truly makes a difference. And we, we all make a difference. But I feel like we can all do better. 
we need to do better. This world does not need another cold, callous, sarcastic, mean person. We need love. We need light. We need people doing the right thing. And that's what I'm asking you guys to do. That's what the whole Be the Light challenge is all about. Is be the light in someone's darkness. Thanks again. I guess I'll uh, see you guys next week. And by I guess see you next week, I mean you'll hear from me next week. Alright. Love, peace, and chicken grease. I love all of you. Take care.